Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Off we go into time and space. So all of time and all of space are sitting out there. Welcome to Time and Space, one married couple's adventure through the Doctor Who universe. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm Philip Gilfus, her ever-constant companion. Yes, always constant. Lee here. Yes. I don't know, a lot of new Doctor Who news, at least between us, there is obviously new Doctor Who news out in the universe. I know sort of the, at least on Doctor Who Twitter, uh, the sort of the two big items with the new issue of Doctor Who... Monthly? I was like, what does the M stand for? That's obviously got to be it. Doctor Who magazine, possibly. But anyway, that I read on my tablet was the introduction of a new time team. What this is, Jessica, um, because she's giving me the look. Um, Of course, I say this. I don't know what it was either. But apparently, you know, back in the day, I don't know if they've done a one or two, but I think maybe this is the third iteration, you know, throughout all of this magazine's history. They'll have a group of people uh, watch Classic Who and, you know, write articles about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember, I, you know, I just read the article the other day, but I've already flushed it all in my mind. You know, one group watched all of them and took them, you know, five years or whatever. You know, they would do, you know, every magazine. Anyway, but this new group, and it's a lot of young folks, a very diverse young group, millennials and everything. They're not going to watch all of them. I, but, like, for, I think it's going to be thematic. Like, for instance, in this first issue, it was First Doctor episodes. So I think they watched Rose, they watched Spearhead from Space, the third Doctor one that we, well, yeah, we watched, the third Doctor, her, third Doctor's first episode, and I'm trying to remember another one. Um, but it was interesting because, I don't know, just the way we watched Doctor Who, I had assumed when they meant first episode, they meant first serial, but like they literally meant first episode, so they just like watched the first episode of Spearhead from Space with John Pertwee in the wheelchair, and like that's all they saw, and I'm like, well, the whole thing yeah (laughs) how do you talk about anything but it was interesting because some of these folks um you know like all doctor who fans haven't actually seen the classics and so they're you know it's interesting if you've never seen classic who you know the pacing's obviously totally different and a lot of things are different so but it was interesting to just read their comments as things happen so yeah that's that's worth checking out yeah. yeah and then the second sort of news i mean there was a lot of news but these are sort of the ones that were most on twitter was Eric Roberts returning oh, yes. as the master for a big which, finished production. Which I sort of think that we should take some sort of credit for. Mm-hmm. Because just last week we were talking about Eric Roberts and how much he influenced Michelle Gomez's reading of, oh, of The course, Mistress. Of course, um, yes. So uh, I think that that must have put the idea in somebody's head. And uh, you can send royal che- royalty checks to our home address. That That's would right. be fun. And I think it's it'll be interesting because the big finished production is, of course, well, I say of course, is with uh, River Song meeting the masters. And it's sort of the ones you don't often see. It's the... Oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the one whose voice we heard in one of the big Finnish productions playing the master, and I was like, oh, he must have been a new one. Like, oh, he was like the guy who played it in one episode of the Classic Who. That was the voice of the master that we listened to, and then it's going to be Derek, Derek Jake. Jacoby? Jacoby? Sure, I don't who, know. Who played the master just for that goes two episodes. Sorry, I, I feel like I should know that because he's hugely famous, but I don't, <laughs> and I can only apologize. And then Eric Roberts, of course. Of so, course. So that would be an interesting adventure with River meeting the masters. Yeah, yeah. I, well, and, and Missy, I believe. Also, I sort of was yes. thinking that Missy was in on it. Yeah. 
Uh, definitely one worth listening to. I still think Alex Kingston's just so amazing. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun to hear what she does with it. And I'm just glad they're continuing to employ her. <laughs> as per usual. Yes. So, change is constant in life and in Doctor Who. Both of those require good people around you. So this week, we'll be continuing our companion series with a look at Peter Capaldi's 12th Doctor companions. Clara saw him through his regeneration, while Nardal and Bill saw him through grief and more. Yeah, I think it's interesting that at least with 12... Uh, he didn't have as many pickup companions as sometimes the other doctors do. Mm-hmm. You know, the Tenth Doctor had all those special movies um, where he sort of had you know companion of the TV movie of the day. One, yes, the boss, uh, yeah, you know, but... who's now got Michelle. Or, or really, oh yes, of course. Who's yes. now in, has her own big finished production, which I am slightly looking forward to. But you know, it's stuff like that. And then the Eleventh Doctor, even with like the line, or not the line, but the the wardrobe uh, Christmas special, like he didn't have. Any oh, of class. Yes, I think you know yeah. there's an Amy scene at the end, but you know J- James Corden right? coming in exactly and, and playing sidekick. Yeah, I suppose not. But twelve sort of just had Clara, and then Nardal. I guess was maybe the pickup companion, but then they picked him up and full time. Yeah, and then Bill. So. Yeah. So I guess let's start at the beginning with, of course, Clara. With Clara, yes, and she and the twelfth Doctor first have their time together in Victorian England yeah. with... Deep Breath. And, Is that and, the title of it? Yeah, Deep and the breath. gang. Uh, yes, and the gang, my favorite, and of course, the dinosaur. <laughs> uh, yes. Who, <laughs> tragic end. Yes, but has a crush on the doctor, or the doctor, I think has, the doctor a has a crush on, on her. her yeah. Yeah, it's like, don't was, get any ideas. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, do, I, I do always enjoy when the doctor can speak... Like when he speaks baby. Right. And and when he can speak dinosaur and, mm-hmm. and things like that. That's always fun to watch. Yeah, and so with Clara, of course, you know, we're, everyone who's watched it knows, but she's sort of, I don't, I, don't, and I don't know what the purpose was, whether it was to maybe be with what Stephen saw, Stephen Moffat saw as maybe a fan reaction to the new Doctor or whatever, but, you know, Clara having this reaction of like, who is this guy? And everyone's like, no, he's the doctor. She's like, no, he isn't. He's this other guy. And I, I'm not sure I want to go with him anymore. To the point where the 11th <laughs> doctor has to call her up and tell her to suck it up. Yeah. And I always remember when I first watched it, or maybe the first couple of times. I mean, But anyway, the first few times I saw it, it was sort of a little like... I felt like Clara was supposed to be the audience, and and we all needed to be like, "Don't worry, it's a new Doctor. I know you liked Eleven, but you'll like Twelve too." I'm like, "Don't hold my hand, and you know, just just do it." Yeah, just, just you know, chuck us into the deep end and hope for the best. I mean, it's not, you know, and I and I get maybe it's the whole Eleven was more of a world Doctor, as in like America and everything else, and so maybe this was some fans' first time. Um, going through a change, yeah, you know, whereas you know, Doctor Who fans, and it's also a big change. I mean, I think the change between ten and eleven, and even to an extent nine and ten, were not huge. But somebody, you know, somebody much older, because with with nine, ten, and eleven, there's always this undercurrent of romance, mm-hmm. even though 
it almost never plays out in any sort of way. There's always an undercurrent of a frisson of chemistry. Mm. And bringing in Peter Capaldi sort of took that, for the most part, out of the equation. And they were sort of just very, very you know, upfront about it. Usually he's like, I'm not your boyfriend, you know. And she's like, I didn't think you were. He's like, I didn't say it was your fault or, you know, your mistake. And, and so it was, I, you know. But I, I, I guess it'll handle it. But anyway, but that's Clara is taking a while to get used to the new doctor. And I don't know, they, you know, and then you sort of have this whole Danny Pink storyline. Yes. With, you know, she's sort of part-time companioning it now uh, compared to her quote-unquote real life. Because she got a boyfriend and ditched the doctor. We all know that story. <laughs> Hey, I mean, whatever. Other companions have gotten married. It wasn't a big deal. Oh, yeah, no. And there are times when Danny Pink does travel around with him. In fact, I think that's one of the things that ultimately gets him in trouble, isn't it? Yeah, though, I don't know. I always, the Danny Pink character is always, and this may be an aside, but it, it always has some problems. Because he's so, both of them, both the Doctor and the Danny, bring out bad things. Because the Doctor's so anti soldier, which as a former soldier, I find a little much. I mean, I get the doctor doesn't like violence, but there's all, all these episodes where he's like, uh, I forget, there's a a young lady he would have, who, in one episode where it might have been a potential companion, he's like, oh, if only you weren't a soldier. And then, like, bye, shuts the door on her. And so it's like, it's a little much. And then Danny's all like, oh, you're an officer. Oh, that's the, the aristocracy, the time laws, da, 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 you know. And so that was a little much as well. I mean, I did like, you know, both Danny had a good, good storyline, you know, with with, you know, his experience in dealing with everything and... So, but yeah, sometimes it's a little much for those storylines. Yes, yeah, and I think to a certain extent, though, I, I guess I can sort of understand it because the the companion ideally is somebody who brings the best out, and that's one of the problems that Clara and the Doctor face towards the end is that they egg each other on. They talk about this, mm. and that they're their uh, journey together becomes ma- almost manic mm-hmm. in pushing each other further and further past good things. It, it, it seemed to me near the end, um, Eleven and Clara did have that whole, like, oh, you know, we're just, we'll show up, hey, let's go to a wacky adventure, it's cool, you know, it's just, and then I think with um, Twelve, Clara started kind of, take some of the doctor's characteristics. Yes. Yeah. And which kind of became dangerous. Yes. You know. Yeah. In the same way that River said, you know, the TARDIS only needs one psychopath at a time. <laughs> and I think it became a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Um and again it was Clara's downfall when she's like, Yeah, sure, I'll take this thing off your neck. It's, it's what the doctor would do. Yeah. It's Fine, and it was not fine. No. If they just left it, it would have been sorted, and it would have been fine. But whatever. <laughs> and so, yeah, you it, you sort of have this double story end with Clara, where you know she dies in oh, whatever something something the Raven. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the episode off the top of my head. But anyway, you know where she dies, uh, quote unquote. But then we sort of have Hellbent and Heaven Sent. Oh, those are off the top of my head, so I might be wrong with this. But anyway, where the Doctor sort of like is going to break reality in order to get Clara back. And that sort of, you know, so she comes back, quote unquote, and then sort of that's the end 
or quote unquote end of Clara and the Doctor. But again, it's a lot of quote unquote. Yeah, Starling. But, well, he, there's no ends in the you know Doctor Who really. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> right now she's out there in out her TARDIS in with. Um, yeah, I want to know when the what's bit, her name the, the, from Game yeah. of Thrones? Uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Anya Stark. Yes. Is that right, Anya? Anyway. I, I have no idea. Arya. I don't know, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, and I want to know when big production companies going to be finish. big finish production company is going to be doing that oh, serial. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Jenna's still busy, busy with Victoria. A little bit busy at the moment, yeah. Um, although Matt Smith's about to come off his term with the Crown, right. so uh, he'll need work. So, uh, <laughs> listen up, big finish. That's it's right. Time to bring get Matt when he's vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's still very pleased that, you know, he made more money. <laughs> um, but but yeah. anyway, I, yeah, I, I loved Clara so much with the 11th Doctor and really didn't with the 12th Doctor. Yeah. I mean, as we've said before, I mean, I won't speak for you, but it, it seemed in the beginning, in that first series, that when the Doctor was unsure of himself, maybe not the right verbiage, but... You know, it seemed Clara sort of was playing the lead a lot more than than the Doctor. And, I mean, it's not a... Or at least, I don't know. I think this. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't think it's like a gender thing. Or it's always... I mean, the Doctor should, for the most part, unless it's a dramatic reason, should usually be in charge. Um, and, I mean, when we have a woman Doctor with a 13, she should be in charge, not the companions. So I don't think that's it. But, yeah, it's... I mean, of course, I also want a capable companion, right? Yes, absolutely. But this one, yeah, it just got a bit much for me. I, mean, I, I think, think, like, the Robin Hood episode, Robins of Sherwood, off the top of my head. But anyway, that's like, and it's an early 12 episode, I know, but it's sort of like she is, that's Run the point of the, the episode. Show, yeah. yeah. And it's just him and Robin bickering. And so it's like, but yeah. But, you know, like we said, it gets to the point where they both go a little extreme. Yes. Yeah. Two psychopaths on a TARDIS. Not mm-hmm. a good idea. So then we move on. We have this sort of... And I, I do like the storyline. I think it's interesting or better when, as I'm binging, or I don't know if it's, it's, it's a soft binge. I don't know what you call that. <laughs> the, 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 the 12th Doctor. I mean, I'm not doing here like 24-7, but I'm, as I'm watching the my Capaldi complete collection, you know, for those who are watching the 12th Doctor contemporaneously, that's not a word, we sort of had that year without a Doctor you know, we had the Christmas special with the Husbands of River Song, and then nothing except for the next Christmas special. And then you had to wait for the next year until the new series when Bill would come. But but watching it without that space of time, you do sort of catch, you know, the, the Doctor sort of wandering after the, the death, or at least his mind wipe of Clara, and then finding River, and that sort of brings him up a little bit. And But then he has to deal with sort of saying goodbye to her. Although he gets 24 years to do that. Exactly. So, yeah, not, not, can't complain too much. No, absolutely. And then we go with the um, return of Doctor Mysterious. So that's not what it's called. But anyway. So, but then we get Nardal. Yes. Which is bizarre, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mainly because last time we saw Nardal, he was attached to a monster. He was inside. One of the heads yeah. of the monster. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that the doctor rebuilt Nardal, but not River's boyfriend. Yeah. Left yeah. him there, huh? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we don't explore that very much, do we? Sort of skip right over that. But yeah, I thought with Nardal, I remember watching it. It was like so random. Mm. Like, why is he back? And that he attached or re, you know rebuilt him or whatever. I'm like, it wasn't a robot in the first place, but okay. Um, though we're sort of led to believe that. But I also thought they changed the characterization. Like if you watch 
the husbands of River Song, that Nardal, I don't think is the same one you see in like the last series of twelve. Which I mean, that's not a complaint per se. You can always refine a character. I'm not, but it's to I me mean, like, man, like the first guy was just sort of squirrely. The second guy was sort of more like, I'm really smart and laid back and sort of above this or independent of all things that are going on. You know? Yeah. Although, I mean, because he was working for River Song, that may have been why he wasn't more. And the doctor may have improved him when he put them together. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also potentially true, yeah. And and I sort of think, you know, if you get the opportunity to get Matt Lucas on for a regular stint, you go with it. So, uh, yeah, so how do you, how, what are your Nardal thoughts? Um, I like Nardal. He grows on me. Um, I did think he was wonderful in that Christmas special of Dr. Mysterio or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then less so for a while. But then, of course, by the end, he's, you know, the hero. Mm-hmm. Indispensable. Indispensable, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so he's never really, except for in the Doctor Mysterio one, he's never the primary companion. companion. Right. I spent some time going, why? Why is he even here? Mm-hmm. But as always, Stephen Moffat has a bigger plan than I. <laughs> well, and I think it's interesting. I mean, not that we haven't had it in New Who, because I mean we had Amy and Rory. I mean, I have the multiple mm. companions instead of yes, just having the yeah. single companion. And so, I mean, of course, with 13, we're going to get the boatload of companions. Yes. I don't, what getting... do you call a group of companions? Oh, ooh, the collective term for yeah, a group of, of companions. companions. I don't know. Oh, I don't know either. We'll have a question to... of companions? Oh, a question I like. I like mm. a who of companions. A kidnapped of companions. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think what happens to them. Yeah. <laughs> How do they end the, up a running, A running of companions. Oh, a running of companions. I like that. Okay. <laughs> You're very clever, darling. <laughs> and I don't even really... I don't tend to think of Amy and Rory as multiple companions. <laughs> you just sort of uh, couple them? Yeah. They're like, Amy Rory? Yeah. Well, <laughs> because they are a couple. Mm-hmm. And so it's very different from Nardal and Bill, who have now to do with each other. And, right. You know, so it, it, I do think of it separately. The only reason the Doctor has any sort of relationship with Rory is because of Amy. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's not the case with Nardal and and Bill, and it's not the case with really a lot of the other companions mm-hmm. where like, you get the multiples. And you've seen a little bit, um, like with the first Doctor when you had Susan, Ian, Barbara. Yeah. You know, so that, I mean, Ian and Barbara weren't a couple per se, um, but you know, and then I I haven't showed you a lot of five, but you know that he sort of has Nissa and Tegan, and then ugh, Turla. But anyway. Yeah, so it's it's interesting, and it'll be interesting to see three with all different backstories and what how that all works out. It's going to be, do they all come in at the same time? You know, I can see maybe the two younger ones may, might have some sort of relation of some sort, whether familiar or friendly, you know, maybe yeah. they come as a pair, and then there's Bradley Walsh. <laughs> and and no matter what his character name is, he's always just going to be. Bradley. Oh yeah, Bradley Walsh is traveling with the doctor. That's a thing that happens. Presenting. Presenting. <laughs> the Adventures of Doctor Who. Presented by Bradley Walsh. Oh, he's going to be running a game show through the whole thing. Oh bless. 
Oh, we should take a little bit of a side trip and mention the um, film clip you were watching that had. Yeah, I was, I, and it was basically compliments of Doctor Who magazine because they always have this nice little column of like here's some random videos <laughs> that are that are cool to watch, and it was. Paul McGann, Peter Capaldi, and Bradley Walsh in some film together. Some ridiculous film mm. where Bradley Walsh keeps dropping drinks mm-hmm. and eventually knocks himself out with a <laughs> exactly. drink or something. Being some sort of yeah, like he's Tom a, Cruise he's, bartender. Yeah, he's, he's a flair waiter and mm. yeah. So that was fun. It was. That was lots of fun. <laughs> Very uh, young Bradley Walsh, like really early in his I'll career. I'll say Peter looked young. Yes. Though it also yeah. made me think that Paul McGann may be timeless because he kind of looked... Like Paul McGann? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I assume Bradley Walsh always did. Mm-hmm. So this this little clip was a little bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I was always surprised they did keep Matt Lucas. Not for any negative reason. He, he was good, but it was, did some sort of like... Okay. Yeah, and again, is it a, oh no, if Matt Lucas, you know, David Williams was off doing uh, <laughs> Britain's Got Talent, so Matt Lucas needed something to do for a year or so. <laughs> um, until they got back to Little Britain. I don't know if they've gotten back to Little Britain. I don't think so, but never mind. <laughs> oh. So let's bring it back, of course, to the doctor, or the 12th Doctor's last companion, so to speak, and that is, of course, Bill Potts. That's right. Um, and I think it's an interesting dynamic, right? You have sort of the whole Clara, either with the 11th or the 12th. I mean, different, obviously, relationships that she had with those two doctors. But, like, I think always a key, or a key, is establishing a relationship up front or the dynamic up front. And, like, he's literally her professor or her tutor. Yes, you know? yeah. And then, like... Even just- though she's not enrolled at the university. Like, right. And then just in case you were worried it might be some sort of romantic thing, she's gay, so no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that's why they made her gay, Mm. but but it's a nice addition. I don't have any problem with it. And of course, it particularly works with this first episode um, where she meets the the girl who becomes water. Exactly. Which I feel like should be the name of a novel. (laughs) Yeah. Something like the girl that becomes water. Like the dragon tattoo, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) the girl with the dragon tattoo, the girl with the water girlfriend. (laughs) There are all sorts of... But but I think it it does, like, say, I imagine Clara, and this isn't necessarily a critique of Clara, but she can always have those sort of goo-goo doll eyes, even at the Twelfth Doctor. I mean, Well, she's just got those, I mean, and... and, uh, Anime. She does have those big old anime brown eyes, yeah. And as I was saying it, I was like, well, Bill Potts has got pretty big brown eyes as well, but she uses them differently. Because mm. I think Clara loved the Doctor, and you can what kind of love that was, you know, I don't, you know, romantic or or just you know, as we mentioned, you know, they're both going to the ends of the universe with twelve Clara. But I think with the whole, there is no romance. I mean, I think Bill obviously, you know, has great affection for the Doctor, but she's not going to have that sort of like. Starry-eyed. Yeah, I mean, and hers is more of a, when I think about her looking at the doctor, it's this bright-eyed excitement kind of thing. And then I don't know what's... And Clara never really had that because she was the impossible girl. Right. Yeah, I think Bill is the first quote-unquote normal companion for a while. Yeah. It's not the girl who waited. It's not the impossible. It's just Bill. Bill, here she is. Yeah, she serves chips in the cafeteria. And I don't, what would I don't know how to define and make some girl fat. Exactly, I'm, I'm made of fat. 
<laughs> I fatted her up. But, like, how do you describe that, that she comes from this... I mean, not, not like any special background, I'm saying, or, or you know, socio, whatever. But, like, she has this way of saying things that's so over here. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know, like, it was the whole... What did she call the TARDIS? It's a... I don't know. She does, She is the one who says it's bigger. It's smaller on the outside. Well, she's called it a she? kitchen. And then she said... Oh, it was, yes. Yes. A, it's like a giant kitchen. What was it, like, an extension she said it was? I forget what the British yes. term she used. Yeah. She thought it was a... Um, a knock through, mm-hmm. a knock through. It had knocked through another another part of the building, mm-hmm. yeah. Which did bring me back to the um, Time Lord that we meet, whose office, whose office uh-huh. in Shada. in Cambridge University yes. is his TARDIS, his TARDIS mm-hmm. which I kind of love, you know, because then they're confused when the office just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got an interesting perspective on things. And she's young, which I think is funny because they're all young. But I guess maybe because it's of this time. And she's, she's a millennial, quintessentially millennial. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure that um, the thirteenth Doctor companions will be. Yeah. Yes, and but I think I mean Clara technically falls under mm-hmm. millennial definition, but she's just yeah, she's young, she's hip, yeah. She, she's she uses emojis. She uses it. She loves. Well, I guess the that's the difference, right? Because Clara was a teacher, literally, and then yeah. Bill is literally a student. So even though the age difference is not massive, uh-huh. the life experience yeah. place is very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly a little throwback to Susan. Mm-hmm. Even you know we see the picture of Susan on the doctor's desk, but this sort of wide-eyed wonder um, that Susan has. We also see in Bill, I think, and maybe that's one of the things, and maybe that's why we see Susan's picture is that you know the doctor is reminded of Susan mm-hmm. in Bill. Yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting touch there in um, the pilot, which is literally the first episode of the Bill uh, Twelfth Doctor series. Um, you had River, which I thought again was sort of the continuing story of him getting over, her. well, not getting over, but you know what I'm talking about, dealing with her loss. And then, but to see the Susan one, I thought was random. But I mean, like I guess you know, of course you, or of course, quote unquote, of course you'd have your family photos on your desk, so you, your wife and your grandchild um, doesn't but, have his daughter on there though that's true <laughs> well there wasn't time to take a jenny picture i guess yeah maybe you're right so but but again he does have children where are her parents so theoretically unless he just adopted his granddaughter or jenny is her mother there you go it's all timey-wimey yeah everything's very timey-wimey i think that's just as possible as anything else mm-hmm. but yeah I, I the whole i mean there's several dynamics with the bill stories that she goes through with that whether it's the um thin ice or i'm trying to rather the different ones she goes through the one with the the mont i forget what they look like the the monks that take I, over I wish the earth that you could see philip waving his arms and flapping them mm-hmm. trying to figure this out but the, yeah, the monks that take over the oh, earth yes, and, and change everyone's minds and, yeah and she has to so i mean she definitely gets a chance to experience a lot and then of course we get her on the uh cyber planet or the the spaceship the spaceship yeah and i love bill i Mm -hmm. find her delightful and i'm really sorry that uh, uh, because i think she and and the 13th doctor would be just (laughs) that would be a different dynamic (laughs) although then you're liable to get you know uh, a crush or, Mm -hmm. or you know the same sort of frisson between uh companion and doctor but uh Boy, she all her. I can just imagine her reaction 
to a regenerated doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just such a delight. I just find her just delightful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I... You didn't say this, but I, I know what you're in for. A shame she just got one series. Yes, very much so. Very mm-hmm. much so. I'm sorry that they killed her off. But uh, hopefully well, Pearl Mackey is going on to bigger and better things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Killed her I off. Mean, I'm doing silent hand quotes. He, he does it throughout <laughs> most of this episode, actually. Yeah, I mean, she's. it would be easier to bring River back than it would be to bring Bill back, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, she's technically not dead. She's gone off with the Pond Girl. Not Amy Pond, but the Puddle Girl. But not River, who's not, technically not, a Pond Girl. It's also the Pond Girl. Sorry, the Puddle Girl. She goes <laughs> off with the girl in the puddle. Which, again, is a great book. Yes, yeah. Uh, another one of the Stig Larson. <laughs> uh, is that right, Stig Larson? I feel like that's the right not title. Um, yeah, so uh, a lot of fun. Sorely missed. Nardal presumably is dead as well. Well, we don't know, but you or maybe living on the spaceship. Well, on no, he, some ev- sort of plant on some sort of level. Yeah, I think yeah he evacuated with the village people, not the village people. <laughs> um, for you know, and he be- sort of became the, the, the their doctor. Yes, yeah. Without the TARDIS, though. Well, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of. At the end of 12, they, they just they sort of live. blow up the world, don't they? Yeah, but they all live, though. Missy? Well, I'm talking about his companions. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say Missy was his companion yeah. in that last story, yeah. but... And I think live-ish. Yeah. Because, again, the Cybermen are going for Nardle. Uh-huh. And will arrive at some point. Uh, Missy's dead, and uh, Bill's in a puddle. Right. But she has a, a companion of her own. Yeah. Not sure who the companion or who the doctor is. I, yeah. Is that an inappropriate question to ask? <laughs> Are you the companion or the doctor? I, yeah, no, I think that's inappropriate. Okay. Yeah, that's, you know, ultimately none of your business. That's right, true. So, uh, and then, you know, maybe they're both the doctor. Right? Absolutely. Like like Clara and... The doctor. And the doctor, strangely enough. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, shall we jump into the TARDIS library, my darling? For this one, I thought since we're talking about the Twelfth Doctor companions and Clara having to deal with a regenerating doctor and, you know... And a dinosaur. That's right. Uh, Peter's not that old. Um, (laughs) But I thought we would go to the very first companions to have to deal with the very first regeneration. And that's with The Power of the Daleks, the second Doctor story, or his first serial... Um, that aired 5 November 1966, where Ben and Polly, the first Doctor's companions, now have a new Doctor for the very first time. And so would you like to read a synopsis from TARDIS.Wikia for this six-part serial? I would love to. Following the Doctor's regeneration into a new, younger body, the TARDIS lands at an Earth colony on the planet Vulcan in the far future. Mistaken for an official Earth examiner, the doctor discovers that a scientist called Lesterson is attempting to reactivate three inanimate Daleks found in a crashed space rocket. 
The colonists refuse to heed the doctor's dire warnings that the Daleks are dangerous. Once reactivated, the Daleks secretly begin to reproduce themselves in a bid to seize control of the Earth colony. Dun, dun, dun! So before we get into the sort of the subject we're covering, I guess we should actually talk about how we watch this. It's a cartoon, y'all. It's a cartoon, y'all, indeed. Um, I, this is the animated, I don't want to say restoration, that might be the wrong word, but the animated version of the Lost story. Animated reproduction? I guess maybe. Sure. Yeah. I guess theoretically it is the audio that existed. Yes, yeah, yeah. So basically what happened was BBC decided that they needed to save the pennies and so recorded over many of the Doctor Who, particularly the second Doctor, um, many of those episodes. They, They aired once, they'd done their job, it was time to... Move on. Move on and record something over it. So the audio still exists, but the... And telesnaps. And, yes, and some some photos of the, the, the shoot. Um, and even some little clips. Yeah, because one of the extras <coughs> on the uh, DVD of the Power of the Daleks shows the existing footage, which is very, very... I mean, it's probably all like 10 minutes, if that... Come, you know, yeah, it tends to always have the beginning and the end of each well, serial. Well, and I, th- I got the impression that it was the um, uh, the uh, preview reel. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, next week, <laughs> you know, next that sort on of BBC thing. One. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also, what I think might have actually been an outtake. <laughs> Am I correct? I don't in know. That? Maybe they do this whole weird Tarleton play on words they say it over and over and over again that was actually in the serial yeah i'm not convinced (laughs) but anyway i thought no i remember when i first watched this on bbc america they did the the animated version of black and white which is on the second disc that i own i didn't really think about when i popped in the disc we have a lot of things in our house people we do need to know that (laughs) when i watched when i just popped in the first disc i was had i known it was the color one i would have not done it i would have done black and white as 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 it was meant to be but anyway, we did watch the color version, so I'm sure that'll color our opinions. <laughs> but anyway, Ben and Polly, the they have they the doctor has gone all wobbly on them and turned into a new one. Yes, and they're a little confused by this, mm-hmm. um, and don't really have a whole lot of time to process because it's straight on into adventure, adventure and death. Yes. and mayhem. I thought it was interesting the way... I mean, obviously, they have to be the audience of, there's a new Doctor, what do we do? And is it the new Doctor? You know, they're asking all the questions that the writers want the audience to be asking. Is this the Doctor? Is this someone? You know, it's the first time we've done this. You know, what's going Ever. on? Yeah, and I think that's important, is that, you know, I, I suspect the writers... Once they decided that... Bill Hartnell? Bill Hartnell, thank you. Bill Hartnell was no longer viable. He was he was really beginning to struggle uh, as a performer. And then they were kind of stuck. And somebody in the writer's room said, What if? <laughs> and they were like, Yeah, okay, let's give it a go and see what happens. And it stuck. But they couldn't have known... That the you know they had to figure out the best way they could to make the the audience buy this, and now of course we're like, yeah, that's a thing that happens, but that was not a thing that happened. <laughs> it almost reminds me of 
and I can't remember everyone's names. The Twelfth Doctor story that we discussed with the girl from Game of Thrones, or woman, excuse me, from Game of Thrones, you know, where he saves her and puts a little thing in her head that makes her live forever. So, because, you know, he wants to be nice, um, whatever. But here with Doctor Who, they wanted to keep the show going, but they wanted to move on from the main actor without knowing they just made the show immortal. Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, without realizing that they just stuck a coin in the forehead of the Doctor, yeah. yeah. But, but I thought it was interesting, even that Polly seems more or less pretty quick to be, like, accepting that this is the Doctor. I mean, okay, it's different. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, at one point she's like, Doctor, I think so. But she kind of goes, Ben is much more skeptical of who is this guy? What you've done with the Doctor, you know? And and, you know, and what does this mean for us? And I, I to me, it's not until the Dalek, or Daleks, I'm trying to remember, recognizes, quote unquote, the Doctor, that Ben's like, oh, it recognizes the Doctor. And that sort of, I think, clicks it for him. Yes, yeah. Re- being able to recognize him despite the fact that he looks completely different sort of clenches it, yeah, mm-hmm. for Ben. And, I mean, it's. I think the question is always asked then, every time the, the Doctor regenerates with a companion, what does this mean now? Do we go or do we stay? Or Kind of when they had that Clara moment when they landed, is she going to go home and or is she going to stick with this new Doctor? Yes, yeah. And I think with Ben and Polly, I have to, I guess, after going through this whole, you know, misadventure uh, with the Daleks and, and the colony, I think they sort of keep on trucking. Do they stay with her? Will stay with the Doctor? Um, I, I don't know how much longer, because eventually Jamie's going to come around, and he's, he's sort of like the companion for the second Doctor. So it may not even last an episode, a serial or two off the top of my head. Well, it, it lasts that first serial, so yeah. there is that. But I mean, yeah, they, they certainly, you know, don't seem to be like, well... What are you going to do with us? It seems like it's all just going to keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. What happens? And we haven't seen it yet because in modern Who, the companion sticks around for at least a season. Right. Um, But of course, we'll see it with the 13th Doctor because everybody's dead. Well, quote unquote dead. Yeah. Everybody's dead or in a puddle. Sorry. <laughs> Not used to having to qualify that. Dead-ish. Dead-ish. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Presumably this is done so that Chris Chibnall has the opportunity to start completely fresh mm-hmm. and completely make it what he wants to make it. So that's exciting. But it does mean that there are a lot... You know, one of the nice things about a companion staying through after a regeneration is that the audience gets some sort of stability. Right. And it's all up in the air. And Literally with the 13th Doctor, though it's coming down very quickly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, which is exciting, but... We'll see. It's a, it's a lot. And that's why I wonder, are they going to bring all three companions in at once? Or are they going to sort of ease us in, give us an episode just with mm-hmm. the Doctor as she tries to figure out what her world looks like and then add people slowly? Or You just want the Bradley Walsh origin episode. <laughs> I'm waiting for the... <laughs> that, that is true on so many <laughs> levels. I need to know the Bradley Walsh origin story. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoy the change because that is Doctor Who, the, the whole franchise. I mean, whether it's Clara, new companions, new mm. doctors, new regenerations with the with the second Doctor, you know, and all that. So it's, it's all very interesting. But speaking of 
changes with companions, what are we going to be talking about next week? Well, next week we are going to talk basically about whether or not Bill is alive. (laughs) We're going to look at how the companions do exit. How how many of them are dead? Some of them are definitely dead. How many of them have gone on? You know, obviously we get Sarah Jane back for a little while in Modern Who. So what happens to the companions after the Doctor has finished with them? (laughs) That's an odd way to phrase it, but maybe it's not. (laughs) Well, until next week, darling, you're my favorite companion. And person to be in a puddle with in all of time and space. <laughs> oh, we need to talk about which one of us is the companion and which one of us is the doctor. And which is in a puddle. <laughs> this is BBC Television.